0: Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back a friend of the show that's been on both Discussing Comics and Discussing Who before, Ashford Wright of the Straight Out of Gallifrey podcast. Ashford, how are you? I'm doing so well, Kyle. Thank you for asking and having me here. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you here because you are the inaugural guest on a new segment that i want to start doing which is asking people who is your favorite doctor so you get the honor of being the very first person i asked this to to devote an episode to so woohoo glad you're here oh man that's awesome what an honor So before I get started, you know, I mentioned Straight Out of Gallifrey really quickly a moment ago. But since you've last been on and I was on Straight Out of Gallifrey a few months ago, it's actually time flies. It's been several months ago, but I was on there and I loved being on there. But I want to know what's been going on for anyone who is listening to Discussing Who and Who has never heard of Straight Out of Gallifrey Tell us a little bit about that podcast and what you've been up to.
1: Okay, so right now Kyle and I we are recording uh in late October and by December 10th it will be the 5th anniversary of Straight Out of Gallifrey.
0: Awesome. Congratulations.
1: Yes. I appreciate it. Thank you. So Straight Out of Gallifrey is a Doctor Who podcast where we talk about those Doctor Who episodes that feature other time lords. So we started off with the time meddler, all the way to the um, to the timeless children. But we went back and we covered those Susan episodes. So we really started from an unearthly child to the timeless children, and we've gone on that journey. We discussed those uh, the, the Susan episodes. We like I mentioned before with the the we did the. Uh, War Games with the second Doctor, we discussed uh, all those episodes with Roger Delgado and other Time Lord stories, all the way to the fourth Doctor and his adventures on Gallifrey, the Romana years, the Master, uh, with the fifth Doctor dealing with the Master, going to Gallifrey. I love those. I love the headgear, the get-ups. Uh, the sixth Doctor with, of course, the Trial of a Time Lord. And with the se- seventh Doctor, we get some Ronnie action. Um, and now, and then we covered all those episodes with the, uh, modern who, but we did that. We did the journey the long way around. So now straight out of Gallifrey, we're talking about each series of Dr. Who started from the William Hartnell days and just like, okay, uh, season six with, uh, Patrick Troughton. Let's just look at season six and extract, even if a town Lord didn't pop up or they didn't say Gallifrey, which they wouldn't back then. Um, not, not a second doctor thing, unless you retroactively George Lucas some stuff in there, <laughs> but, but just, let's just look at that season and extract like, well, what is it where it's like, it's time Lord stuff, or there's so much science fantasy fiction out there, but what, what makes this Dr. Who-y like? So we've been doing that and that's been fun. And now we're back to, it's very odd talking about modern Who. So now we're at a uh, season three. Of Modern Who, and believe it or not, we're going to, we're discussing Torchwood as well. We're going to start talking about the spinoffs, and I've never seen Torchwood,
0: so I just finished really, season one. Really, I can't wait until I hear about what you think about Torchwood.
1: If you go on the rightonnetwork.com website right now, we, we, we talked about season one of Torchwood, and I'm starting season two now, but just to give you some hints, I do like the team aspect of it. It's kind of like, uh, is my only chance of seeing the Bat family on screen, kind of. You can kind of say that Captain Jack is Batman. Uh, Tasha, she could be Oracle. Uh, Owen, he's kind of weird. He could be uh, Jason Todd. <laughs> Good one. So, yeah, you know, just that whole thing. But, no, I, I I enjoy it, and I see that season two. Like, oh, okay, they really – all right. Uh, Chris Chibnall, he takes over as showrunner, right, for season two. So it's like this, this change. But, yeah, that's what we're doing over at Straight Outta Gallifrey.
0: Cool. Well, you know, I'm going to give you a backdoor of of justification. How about that? A backdoor of justification, because you said a minute ago about you know you were going back, and I know your original idea was other Time Lords, you know, w- featuring stories of other Time Lords. Well, considering the fact that the Doctor has been so many Time Lords per se, I'm going to say that if the Doctor's in it, that's all that it matters.
1: That's all that matters. That's the other that He's the other. Some of you know about the other.
0: But speaking of the other, let's go back and I want to ask you a question. You know, I said he's been all these doctors and maybe even doctors that we've never seen before. Spoilers. But I want to know, based on what you know, the incarnation of the doctor that you have experienced, who is your favorite doctor? Oh, gosh, this is...
1: You asking me that uh, from certain angles is like the equivalent of being
0: put in front of a firing squad. Do you feel guilty when you name your 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 doctor?
1: No. You know what? Actually, um, you know, like uh, the, uh, the, sometimes I tell people I love them all, which is true. Like whichever one I have on a television screen. Right. But we need a definitive answer. So I'm just going to say it. It goes back and forth. Oh, my gosh. But now I'm going to have to forgive me for saying so, I'm going to have to pull the trigger. And I'm going with uh, Tom Baker's fourth doctor, the the, the Tom Baker doctor.
0: Cool. Well, like I said before we started recording, because I already knew who it was, (laughs) you have very good taste, my friend. Very, very good taste. So I want to ask you this question. When thinking of naming your favorite, Did you use a method or what method did you use to make your choice? Or was it an instant that you just knew who it was? Or did you do something that you said, "Okay, I'm going to rank them by this or what? How did you come by Tom Baker's fourth doctor?
1: You know what? Okay, so, you know, I do something called the Right On Network. And when I was in junior high, going into high school, I was a big time Seinfeld head. Uh, watching the show. So uh, I have this show called the four who rule the Seinfeld podcast and he is Jerry Seinfeld. He wrote this book called sign language and it was just his stand-up routines in it. And, you know, he's a Superman fan. He said that George Reeves is his favorite Superman because at the end of the day, they had to shoot, you know, their resources were limited, but they had to make the most out of it. So, I think really if like we were in a backdoor alley or some type of a smoky mom and pop after hours bar, you might catch me saying that Peter Capaldi is my favorite doctor because I love the era and just he was given so many acting clinics. And again, I, you know, I feel, yeah, I do feel guilty for saying this one's my favorite because it sounds like I'm disparaging the other ones. And trust me, I get joy out of any Doctor Who. Like, even um, the Time Monster, even the Time Monster, even, uh, you know, uh, Colin Baker, the t- Trial of a Time Lord, even that, I can find some joy. Now, the only the episode that I can't find joy in is um, Sleep No More. Thank you. <laughs> but other than that, trust me, you pop on it. The, 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 even out of Sleep No More, I can just go, I really like the interplay between... The Doctor and Clara, though. But the episode just makes my brain hurt. My brain hurt. But everything else, you pop on it. I don't care how. Like, oh, the twin dilemma. I'll find some joy. Trust me. So with the fourth Doctor, uh, you know, my backstory is I'm, I'm 41 right now. I didn't watch Doctor Who growing up. I started watching it. I started watching the show in 2012, and I started with Rose, and I was loving the heck out of it. I was enjoying it. It was the summertime. I had time to marathon through it, if you will. And then when I started getting towards uh, the Matt Smith years, I started really getting it. I don't know something about him. I liked his whole like out of step thing. So I think by the time I started getting to the Matt Smith years, that's when I started kind of like looking up like Doctor Who type stuff. And you know, I saw the scarf and I saw the like 70s, not soul brother stuff, but almost soul brother outfit of Tom Baker. And I was like, oh, Okay, that seems interesting. That seems very interesting. And then I will watch some Fourth of Doctor stuff, but I think when I saw um, Seeds of Doom, not Seeds of Death, which is awesome as well. But Seeds of Doom, that's when I went, okay, I like this guy. But really, it's I, I really love Tom Baker. I I like his uh his manicness and how his shadow goes in all the directions. He he's all of them. He he is Shaka Khan. He's every woman. He's the first doctor. He is um, Jodie Whittaker. He he's all of them. He he's Colin Baker. He, he he's like that epicenter where um, there's no beginning, there's no end.
0: I like that. You know, I I I often see the fourth doctor as. A, a chance happening of a character actor who was so charismatic that he stole the screen and, and in many ways jailed the concept of the Doctor for a generation. And I find that even more so true hearing someone who started with Rose, who started in current Doctor Who, knew who, as a lot of people say, and can go back and watch classic and not only appreciate it, but latch on to a classic doctor and be able to say that this is my favorite. You know, also, it's um as
1: an American dude, it's kind of like uh, what Tom Baker's doing. Like once once you get over the uh, it, it's as an older show, it's in the 70s. Once you get past that, the aesthetics, then you start going, hey. This is Flex. This is Chevy Chase. Like This is Bill Murray. So like, what he's doing is, is not foreign to me because it was like, wait a minute. No, I grew up with people behaving like this where uh, they're manic. Uh, they can be dramatic. They can be scary. They can be funny. They can be insincere and sincere. So like, he's kind of all the things, and that's what I like about him. I think he's all the things. I think Colin Baker – I think Colin Baker plays certain notes that needed to be played because I I think Colin Baker is the Time Lord in all of them when you're not looking. So I think like Time ba- Colin Baker's bombastic behavior and his his arrogance, I think every doctor's like that when we're
0: not looking. Interesting. You so
1: know So that's why I like Colin Baker.
0: You know, I've always heard that the arc that we saw you mentioned the 12th doctor earlier that the Mm -hmm. arc that we saw with the 12th doctor and the evolution from his first episode with deep breath to what we saw in twice upon a time and the range of difference that there was between his first appearance and his final was so large that that was really what colin would have liked to have had with his version of the doctor, of course, unfortunately, that didn't happen.
1: And I think that that would have and we got we were able to see that through or listen to it through Big Finish. True. Absolutely true.
0: Absolutely and, true.
1: And I think he was going to sign on for the long haul. I think he would have done at least six years. Uh, I tell you this, I'll say it right now, Jodie Whittaker could be my favorite doctor if she could at least do five. Like right now I don't care who's playing the doctor. I want them to be on there more than 3 years. You know, the first year is all oh, you know, who is this? The second year like okay, I- I'm settled in. And in the third year like they can just stride and I know like you know, the best advice like you know, maybe you want to do 3 and get out, but I would like someone to at least do
0: well, the, well, here's the thing about the last year, the last year, because of how publicity is these days, we know so far in advance as a fan, as yeah. to people leaving, that we go into it as a viewer, in a way, mourning that version of the doctor, because we know the inevitable is coming. And it's even the stories are tapered around that, to some degree, knowing right. that the, that OK, within six more episodes, then we're going to have a regeneration. You know, what's funny about one, you're correct about that. What's funny about Tom Baker is
1: his era is a, an abruption. So like if you're watching, you know, let's say you win the lottery and you're like, all right, one of my, you know, pastimes as far as I like just kind of indulge in myself. You know, I'm going to do the Doctor Who pillage. You know, I'm going to not pillage, but, you know, I'm going to do my pilgrimage. I'm going to go through Doctor Who. I think if you were to watch, uh, doctors one, two, and three, and I- I'm sorry for doing the numbers because I-, I know with ch- the time is children, it-, it obliterates that, but I'm just doing shorthand here. If you watch the first three doctors and you skip the fourth doctor and you go to the fifth, it makes a lot of sense. That, uh, Tom Baker's run is like, whoa. <laughs> I guess it's like, whoa, what is this? And then when you get to the fifth doctor again, it kind of, all right, we're steady again. This is that, that show again. You know, it's uh, they go back in time. They go forwards in time. They might have a weirdo sideways show, you know, that kind of thing. But like Tom Baker's run is like, whoa, what is this? It's an Mm -hmm. abruption, but I mean that in a positive way.
0: You know, I want to know what you would consider if you had to at this moment and really kind of you're being asked this question now. If you had to name a single solitary story someone who has never watched Doctor Who and you want to introduce them to Doctor Who with a Tom Baker story as the introduction, what would be the choice episode or story arc, not an episode because in classic, of course, you know, they're multi-part, but what story would you say from Tom Baker's era would you use to introduce a new person to Doctor Who?
1: Okay. This is the one I would use. And a lot of folks, they say, well, this really isn't a Doctor Who serial. It's more Avengers, and I get that. But to fit with your premise of, all right, I want to try to give a classic Doctor a chance. I would say Seeds of Doom because one, um, I, I think I think Tom Baker and Elizabeth Slayton, they're beautiful in it. Like they're beautiful. Uh, I, I think they're at their most cool. I think they're at their they're they're at their most. We're for, we're familiar with each other, and we can just do little signals with our eyes or our face facial tics, and we know w- which way the other one's going. But I love the sto- and this is also there's a lot of times where the doctor they just kind of know like I'm gonna get out of this, and I like that. I do like that. But there are some Doctor Who episodes where they're like I don't know how we're gonna get out of this, and perhaps we shouldn't. Because maybe this is just what's written and Tom Baker. He does that in here where he's like, maybe this is just a natural evolution of how things move where the plants just like over. I, I mean, I don't think we can get out of this. He kind of does that towards the end, but I like, uh, I like this one because it, th- my favorite kind of Doctor Who is it starts off kind of over here and then we kind of end up like over there. So like at first they're out there in the Arctic or whatever. And it's kind of that thing for like two episodes. So you're like, okay. Then, bam, all of a sudden, now we're in England, and then they're doing this adventure over here. I I like it. I think it's comprehensible. I think a lot of times there's classic Doctor Who episodes where fans, they hold it up highly. But I think if you just go, I'm going to just plug this one in, and without context, like not a run-up leading to that episode, it kind of loses its uh, meaning. Like, Case Van Drazani, I think is amazing. But I think if you just threw it on and you didn't get that buildup of like Peter Davidson's run and like just it, 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 this, it means a lot of things emotionally, not just the episode that's awesome, but like everything leading to it. I think it loses some stuff. So like if you were to throw that on, I think people wouldn't appreciate it or like even the deadly assassin, great serial. But I think if it, you need context to it, like I think you need a run up. I think if. Someone said, Hey, these five episodes, Deadly Assassin, uh, Case of Evangeline, just these random ones. I, I think the emotion that we put into them, like, this is why they're awesome. And uh, the lore is so much lore in it. You lose it if you just go, I just popped this on. All right,
0: well, let's use The Deadly Assassin for an example. Yes, it is a good story in its own right, but it adds a definitively different layer. To it knowing that you just had the hand of fear with sarah jane leaving in the preceding episode building up to that so you see the doctor in a completely different mindset if you know that she just left than if you just watch it and see him getting out of the tardis it it changes in my opinion and backing up what you just said it changes your perception it doesn't diminish You know, not knowing it, but it enriches if you know it.
1: I like that. It enriches if you know it. If you know, you know. Uh, uh, So with Seeds of Doom, one of the effects of the people turning like slowly into the the plant monster or whatever is scary as all get out. Those things are scary. Like when the the dude, he's kind of dying, he's slowly transforming. That is really scary. Uh, We get a lot of good funny moments where it's like uh, uh, start talking. Uh, Mozart had perfect pitch. No, about that guy. Oh, he died. You know, turn around and he does a complete three sixty. So those kind of jokes, uh, it's a lot of. There's some running around, but I don't think a waste of time. Just there's running around going on in it. So uh, and it, and I think just the interplay and then uh, the thugs, Scorby mm-hmm. that whole thing. Uh, we get a weird eccentric, I guess, James Bond villain. So. Uh, and I think the threat is real. I think the only, I think the one thing that could have helped bring this one over the top if Lethbridge Stewart was there oh, as a, a member him. of unit. Good for I him. I think, I think if he would have been there in this episode, how serious it was, and then like the eccentric lady with the painting and smoking, and she was a clue to get him to. So yeah, I would say definitely. Seeds of doom.
0: All right. So we've mentioned a companion of the fourth doctor, but the doctor in his fourth incarnation had many companions. So I would like to know, in your opinion, best pairing of a companion, or since he had several companions at the end, you can choose more than one. But if you had to choose the best pairing of companions with the fourth doctor, what would that pairing be?
1: Oh man. This can get me into a lot of trouble, these questions. I really like how, you know, you you get Sarah Jane Smith and Tom Baker and they're both from Liverpool. So I think they could do some like some regional shorthanding. It's like when you're away from home and then someone back from your home, you feel like, oh, we got a kinship already. But we don't know each other. But like, oh, yeah. Remember on 42nd Street? Yeah. okay, that's how we could play. Remember that wino guy on 42nd Street? Yeah. 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 Let's play it like that. So I think they could shorthand. But now, I mean, um, Lala Ward. Ramana, I mean, I started straight out of Gallifrey as an excuse to talk about Ram- the Ramana years. Hmm. So I would, I would say them, I, I think especially, well, I mean, they had enough time, but I really love the, the two hand punch of them. And like there were uh Dr. Light episodes where Ramana was hmm. able to take uh charge. She even got a sonic screwdriver, had the frock coat. I think their pairing and how they interacted with each other. I hate to say it because, you know, you want to go Sarah
0: Jane Smith. But you don't have to. This is you. You You know, it may be Sarah Jane Smith for me, but that's me. This is you. And, you know, I love the fact that you like Romana because if I just hear people twenty four seven tell me how, and even though she is great, Sarah Jane Smith is, I might not learn something about Romana that I didn't know. But by hearing you say Romana... That immediately reminded me of your episode coming on where we did a companion spotlight on Romana. So Romana,
1: yeah. yes. So uh, I wish I could somewhat cheat it and go like, well, Romana's one
0: character, so that means Mary Tam and Lala Ward. Hmm. Well, hey, it's not a cheat because technically it is the same person.
1: It's the same person, yes. You know, so, if it's a broom.
0: There you go. you
1: switch the handle, and then you switch the wood, is it still that same broom? So... Uh, yeah, I, I really love the, because my whole thing is this, and I know sometimes people are like, ooh, you fall in those traps when you start giving more of the mystery of who the doctor is, and you start going to Gallifrey more than this kind of, I don't know, I love it. I love it. I love Gallifrey. That's, that's why I do, I, I love the get up, the headgear, I, because I want, I don't, I'm not saying that I need Gallifrey stories every episode. I don't even need them every season, but I do like reminders of, oh, that's why he rebelled. Yeah, that's why the doctor left. He's rebelling against his people. They're they're sticking the muds, all right. They 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 just stand still for thousands of years. He wants to progress and move forward and go on adventures and and see things. Or like sometimes where the time lords are right and the doctor's just being self righteous and you know a, a bratty teenager. But I want to see that as well. Right. I I, I do want to see like Colin Baker those those episodes where he's telling off the time lords. I love it. I want Jody Whitaker to have that moment. But, uh, yeah, going back to Tom Baker. Well, one, I think just Tom, you know, I, since we're going to say Tom Baker is my favorite doctor, I think him just bouncing off companions, period, is wonderful. So, because I love the whole thing of, you know, I inherited Sarah Jane and I said, Harry, you come along. And they were a good, uh, power of three. And then, so now you get where Sarah Jane leaves. So like, okay, I'm out of sorts. That was my buddy. I'm out of sorts now. And then I I you know, I pick up Leela and I'm kinda grouchy with her because I'm still kinda mourning over losing Sarah Jane. And then uh with Ramana, the I love this whole idea of I'm better than you. I am a better time lord than you. I'm a time lady. Now you have the street smarts. I have the book smarts. And then over time then we're gonna kind of rub off on each other, and then boom! By the time she's Lala Ward, by the time she's the second Ramona, Ramona two, Ramona two's ready to go. She she can go out in the field. She the doctor doesn't have to like watch over her, or like wonder, hmm, I wonder if she's in trouble. He knows,
0: like, no, she knows right. what I know. Right, exactly.
1: I love that. I and I I can see how maybe writing that is like, well. We need their. We need the companion to maybe be human or not know as much, so they can ask the questions. But I love, I, I think now is what the game is missing. I think at a certain point, Doctor Who can return to that where one of the companions, I don't know, is a renegade Time Lord that admired the Doctor's work. Like, oh, I just want to. I want to follow you. I want to. I want to see what you do. I want to. And then maybe start losing faith. Like, whoa, wait a minute, you really are just a.
0: <laughs> well, you know what they could. If well, you know, we—I don't know how current story is going to turn out, but they could do that, and I wouldn't mind seeing, like you just said, another Time Lord, because we've had Missy in the TARDIS before, and we've never really had, other than that, a Doctor being accompanied by a Gallifreyan except for Romana, and I I think that's something that's unique, and I would love to see it in New Who, other than what we briefly, you know, had with Missy. So I think I need to give a new version of the spoiler warning before I ask you this question. So for everyone listening, if you do not want to know about a later Tom Baker appearance in Doctor Who, specifically in the Year 2013. Fast forward this episode for about five minutes because from this moment forward, spoilers.
1: Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative.
0: Spoilers. Alrighty, so we are back, and here comes my question. Tom Baker returned in Day of the Doctor as the curator. There's been speculation as to his identity, or, or to the identity of the curator. In your opinion, is the curator a future incarnation of the doctor? Yeah, and I just read the novelization. Oh, the, I'm so glad you have.
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah, I feel like maybe he's the that one in a certain reality, because we know sometimes these realities can be... But I think he could be just like Professor Kronotis and Shada where I'm on my last regeneration, like this is this is it I'm not gonna regenerate after this, and that's when he could be I'm the curator, yep, I love and that museum that museum piece that's his uh that room that's his tardis,
0: yes i mean you you go back you know i when I watched it, it amazed me that there were people that were coming out of the woodwork saying, no, you know, it's it's not definitive. They didn't really say if that was the doctor or not. And I was like, y- you didn't have to say that it was all the c- clues and all the cues were there. And then whenever I read the novelization, hands down, I was like, oh, this is so freaking cool.
1: <laughs> Can you
0: believe that I didn't know that Tom Baker was going to appear? In the 50th? Oh, I didn't either. And I I will tell you, because I, you know, I'm a few years older, not by many, but I'm a few years older than you. And, you know, Tom Baker was my doctor from being a child, and, you know, little four or five year old child watching Doctor Who. And I remember when I heard that voice, like the hairs on my arms stood up and, you know, you got the goosebumps because it was like, oh, wow, is it really? And then you saw that face and it was like tears literally
1: the same here when i heard the voice i went oh whoa so i i just felt privileged to you know because we're not used we don't know how it feels anymore to like i i don't know anything right right usually something like that that would get spoiled so but i felt like they did a really i think chris tribna is doing a good job of keeping secrets that leaves it where it's like man i didn't see that coming Right,
0: because uh, did we did we see a fugitive of the Judoon G- coming? Absolutely no. not.
1: I when when I went to watch that episode, I thought, oh, this is just gonna be another. And then whoa, whoa, oh, whoa! I did not know where that was going. So yeah, good on them for and it's like a mid season secret. Good, good for them.
0: Good for them. I want to ask you one final question. It's going back to Tom Baker's era as the Fourth Doctor specifically to the last season and there were several changes in that last season we get a new scarf that looks completely different we get a new wardrobe we get a new intro that takes away the iconic and brings in the new logo and the new music and we bring in john nathan turner and you know there's been stories left right and center about Tom Baker being pushed out and et cetera and so forth. What do you think about that last season? Do you think he was pushed out? Do you think it was his time to go? What What are your thoughts?
1: I always, you know, I heard this one story and I think it, I was like, okay, I think I buy that. As far as maybe like the last four years of Tom Baker's run, he'd probably go, oh, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. And like, oh no, come on, Tom, come over here. Come on, let's talk about this. Okay, I'll say. And I think when John Nathan Turner showed up, and he was like, oh, I'm not going to do this again. OK, well, let's talk about transitioning you out of here. <laughs> you know, I just think they were a Johnny on the spot about it. But I, I will say this, and I, I've seen uh, season series 18 recently. I love it. You know what it is? Perf. It's a uh, a classic album with no
0: singles. OK, explain, elaborate. That's what
1: it is. So like, it doesn't have any hit singles, but it's a solid album. I like it. And this is why I'm like, I need multiple years of a doctor because we see the range of Tom Baker. So the season one is still the, uh, the old regimes commissioned scripts. So some of those scripts are like, Oh, we, th- we thought John Perry was going to come back. This, the next season, 12, that's like true. Okay. We know it's him, Tom Baker. We know this and we, we get some moody Tom Baker, that kind of stuff. And then he starts loosening up, and then we get kind of out of control, Tom Baker. And then you get this, uh, this toned down wine colored. Uh, Tom Baker's walking around kind of sullen or whatever, but it, and he's playing it. He's cracking some jokes, but he's kind of playing things down the line, and it makes him stranger. Mm, okay. That's why I love this. So I, I feel like, oh man. You know they're 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 making him they're toning him down, but and I'm pretty sure he didn't see it this way. But I'm like, but I think that makes him weirder. And I love the part where it's uh uh now I'm drawing a blank. The the one with the the cactus.
0: Oh yes, but I can't. I'm I'm drawing the blank too. But I know what you're talking yeah. about.
1: There's a part where it's uh uh Jacqueline Hill. She makes she reappears in that one. And there's a part where she goes, I think you're a cheat and a liar. And he goes, oh, well, now I know that's not true. She said, why not? Oh, I just don't do that sort of thing. Now, I I don't know why I love that line. He just said, I don't do that sort of thing, lady. Because he's playing this stuff so seriously, when he does kind of crack a joke or, or whatever, it, it's more bombastic. But no, I, I love Series 18. I think it's stylistic. I, I think it's like, whoa, the tone changes big time. And that's also, I, I like, it's kind of a disjointed season where it's, we start off with, la la ward and then she leaves but then we got this boy on here and we do the 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 e uh trilogy years and then e space stuff and then we get out of that and like oh now we're keeper of truck and Anissa. so it's like a season with uh three like miniature parts within it so i i consider it a very solid album with no hit singles
0: and if you look at it and you really think about it, it is a season that if, if you look at it, you keep saying the big picture, which is true. You see that it is a season of transitioning into what is going to be the Peter Davison years.
1: Entropy, entropy happens.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you two final questions. The first one is going to be. Any closing thoughts on the fourth doctor as your favorite before we move into the last question?
1: I love Tom Baker because I think it's time now, so it was the thing where it's like, oh man, Tom Baker, Tom Baker and then you'll get that kind of hipster backlash of oh, you know, we always hear about Tom Baker. So now I think it's now it's it's time for no no, 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 no. it's good to appreciate Tom Baker again. So just like you kind of get Dalek fatigue. And I, I got Dalek fatigue for a little bit. Now I, I freaking love them because I went away from it for so long that now, yeah, like Jeremy Spoken by Pro Jam. I used to always skip that one. Like they play it so much. Now I can enjoy it because I was avoiding it for so long. But yeah, Tom Baker, man, he, he he gave blood, sweat and tears seven years, seven to eight years. That That's a long time of your life. And the fact that post your career, you got to try to escape it to get other work, and you'll always be remembered as it. But, but now so much time has gone by, and genre television is in, and the show is successful now, and we appreciate the past. Just think about how lucky we are as fans. I mean, to me, I feel like it's lucky that they never win at any point. Let's do a start over, and it's like, if you want to watch that stuff in the past, go ahead, but we'll never refer to it. Forget about it.
0: Yes, Yes, Russell T. Davis, his greatest contribution, well, um, among many contributions to Doctor Who was, in my opinion, the single decision to say, this is the ninth Doctor. This is not the first Doctor redone.
1: And and the TV movie. The TV TV movie could have gone. Yes. They could have said, hey, this is the beginning. So I don't know what twist of fate made it where people just went just continue it on, don't. And to me, I feel like it's just a smart business move because especially with people that are super fans, it's like, well, you don't need every single one of the fans to be completionists, but if you can get 17% of the fans to be completionists, that's enough for merchandising.
0: Well, see, here's the deal. Sherlock Holmes, and I love Sherlock Holmes, but Sherlock Holmes as a character is finite. Whether you put him in a contemporary setting, whether you put him in, you know, the late 1800s or whatever setting you, or time frame you want to, there is a finite Sherlock Holmes and there is a finite Watson. Or, and however you re envision it or whatever, it is a finite character. The Doctor's core character is about change, so it it would be almost blasphemy to not keep it about change. I love that. Final question, my friend. And I'm going to round back up to straight out of Gallifrey, the right on network and anything else that you would like to plug. How else might our listeners find you on the internet?
1: Okay, so you can go to Twitter, um, at So Gallifrey, like So Gallifrey. So I'm at So Gallifrey on Twitter. You can uh, reach me on Instagram, I think at Straight Out of Gallifrey36. I don't know why I can never remember that. And also, if you go to the website RightOnNetwork.com, that is W R I G H T OnNetwork.com. That's where you can find Straight Out of Gallifrey. I also do a Birds of Prey podcast called Feathers and Foes. Uh, that's where the Four Who Rule of Seinfeld podcast resides. And if you go to this one, uh, rewind it if you if you need to, thehuntresspodcast.com. I'm a big huntress enthusiast. So at, at thehuntresspodcast.com, I do a podcast about the huntress, Helena Wayne and Helena Bertinelli. I also do a podcast about uh, Cassandra Cain's Batgirl the Batgirl Cassandra Kane podcast because I love Cassandra Kane. and she was in the movie, not as girl but Cassandra Kane as just a, a name drop character was in there. And we have a new podcast at the right on network it is called, uh, the outcasters. And it's about, uh Jim bar. And it's, it's, uh, about Batman and the outsiders, uh, oh, Mike W sweet. Barr and Jim Aparo. So if you're into that early eighties, batman the outsiders give us a ring-a-ding-ding look us up
0: awesome which i loved that i loved halo and the you know looker and uh, black lightning and all of them that, i love that series so cool. oh yeah cool all right well as always it is a absolute pleasure having you on and for everyone listening thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed our conversation about the fourth doctor and as always we will be back next time